Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to Have You Seen That with T. I'm your boy T. I'm the host with the most. And finally, we are doing it. We're on YouTube, right? So this is going to be our first video podcast that we do drop on YouTube. So definitely like and subscribe to Have You Seen That with T YouTube page. Also subscribe to the um, have you seen that with T Facebook group page? We also have uh, we also on Apple Music and Spotify. So definitely search. Have you seen that with T? I'm your boy T. And let's get right into it. Right, this episode we're gonna gonna be talking about the 95th annual Academy Awards uh, ceremony that will be going on on March 12th, and. I'm not going to lie. I'm sort of excited for this year's Oscars. And why is that, right? The movie that I've been touting since its inception, since the first time I went and saw it, it is nominated for an Oscar. And I always feel great when a movie that I love uh, is recognized by the Academy, even though it's not the end-all, be-all for me when it comes to the Academy. This this movie has been just sweeping all of the award shows, whether it be the Golden Globes, whether it be the uh, Screen Actors Guild Awards. Um, they've just been running roughshod over all of its competition, and I don't see any, um, you know, anything else happening on Sunday. I'll be really surprised if another movie takes it out. There are a few dark horses in there. But then again, with the Academy, you really never know, right? They don't take into effect the feelings of movie, right? And I guess that's not their job, right? Their job is to look at all the technical aspects, the script, the directing, all of the things in total. But I think this movie encapsulates everything that's right with movie making. And if you've been listening to the podcast, if you've been watching any of my movie reviews, you already know what movie I'm talking about, but we're going to get to that a little bit later, right? So we're just going to go through, um, you know, all of the different categories, and I'm going to give a few of my picks for, you know, best whatever it is, Um, and, you know, I'll give all the nominees. So we're going to start with the actor in the leading role, right? So this year, Austin Butler for Elvis. Colin Farrell for the Banshees and Insurin, uh, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. Okay, of all those movies, I've seen one. I've seen Elvis, and Austin Butler was fantastic. I won't lie, when I did see the preview for Elvis, I thought to myself, this kid looks nothing like Elvis Presley, right? He just didn't to me. Uh, he had a very... Um, peculiar face that's what I will say he had a very peculiar face and I really wasn't digging his look when I saw the previews I watched the movie this past week on HBO Max and I was I was pleasantly surprised the movie uh, wasn't as great as I thought it would be but then again I really had low expectations for that movie but so it was better I guess than than expected but his performance was fantastic of all of these movies, I've heard of Colin Farrell's performance in The Banshees. And of course, everyone's been gushing over Brendan Fraser's uh, portrayal of an obese man in The Whale. Um, I just haven't found myself with the particular emotions to go into watching this movie. Um, so uh, my my particular pick for this, uh, for this Oscar, I think Brendan Fraser's going to run away with it only because of what... You know the 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 buzz that he got since you know Forrest portrayal in this movie. 
Um, so moving on to actor in a supporting role, we have Brendan Gleeson for The Banshees of Insurance, um, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, Barry Cogan for The Banshees, and Ki Hui Kwan for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And, you know, uh, Ki Hui, um, he's been killing every, he's won it at the Golden Globes. He's won uh, Best Supporting Actor um, at, at uh, the SAG Awards as well. Um, and I don't see why this is going to change at the Oscars. I mean, he swept all these awards. He was fantastic in this movie. Um, and every everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, you know, the mo- the role was supposed to go to Jackie Chan, and I'm really so glad it didn't. Because then you took, like, if you would have saw, if you walked into that movie not knowing what it's about, and then you see Jackie Chan, you already know he's about to kick some ass, right? But when you see the kid from Indiana Jones in the movie, you have no idea what he's about to do, even though he's made his living for the last 20 plus years, you know, doing stunt work. Um, so uh, what he did in this movie was just nothing short of spectacular. And and I'm going to gush about this movie a little bit later. Um, but we're going to move on to the actress in a leading role. Right. Uh, so we got Kate Blanchett, who's always nominated. I feel like every year, you know, uh, she's nominated for whatever movie she's in. Uh, and that's for Tar. We have Anna DeArmas, who's uh, nominated for Blonde and uh, Andrea Risenborough. Burrow for Two Leslie, uh, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh, the queen herself for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. And this one is a, is a little bit tougher for me because I saw Blonde, I saw Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and the performance that Anna Darmus gave in the movie Blonde was just, I mean, nothing short of spectacular. Um... And what she did with this film, I mean, what she did in this film, um, you know, uh, her portrayal of, of Marilyn Monroe. I mean, I, I was I was taken aback by how how similarly she looked to Marilyn Monroe initially. Um, but then her performance, like I got lost in her performance and it was a very brutal and a cathartic movie to watch. I mean, it was very depressing. It, it, it just really um, just aired a lot of that dirty Hollywood laundry that, you know, I'm pretty sure this movie was paled in comparison to what actually happened during her life. Um, But, I mean, her performance in this was, you know, nothing short of spectacular. And then, of course, Michelle Yeoh and everything, everywhere, all at once. And unfortunately, I haven't watched all of these movies, so it's hard for me to tell. But once again, I mean, Kate Blanchett is going to bring it. She's a, she's a tour de force. She's one of this generation's greatest actresses or actors or whatever whatever pronoun you want to call uh, these thespians. Um, but she, I mean, she always brings it. Uh, Michelle Williams is always great. Uh, Andrea Risenborough, she's she's you know her star has risen. Uh, she comes from a theater background, um, so it could it, it's a toss up. My personal pick is Anna Armas for Blonde because of what she did with this role. Even though Michelle Yeoh was fantastic in her role as well, um, but what Michelle what Anna Armas did in Blonde was just I didn't expect it, and she just completely fell into that role. 
Um, then you got the actress in the supporting role, right? And this one, to me, is a clear-cut winner, but once again, you never know with the Academy. Uh, so the nominees are Angela Bassett for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Hong Shao for, for The Whale, uh, Kerry Condon for The Banshees of Insurance, um, Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Ever everywhere all at once and then stephanie sue uh for everything everywhere all at once and this one i I did say it was a clear cut but it's kind of tough because jamie lee curtis was fantastic uh as the irs agent and everything everywhere all at once but then again so was stephanie sue um she was i mean what a performance i mean she was the antagonist uh really who wasn't an antagonist but was an antagonist you know uh, uh, the levels and layers of this movie and what she did in her roles in this movie uh, was fantastic. Same thing with Jamie Lee Curtis. But, of course, my pick uh, is, is is the queen, um, Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Um, she stole every scene. Like, I did not think that she would be such a character in the forefront of the movie. Um, I thought it would be more... Um, you know, uh, the sister story, but, but I mean, Angela Bassett, the scene with her and Okoye is the hands down, one of the most powerful scenes I've ever seen in any movie that I've ever watched. I was in, I was like literally taken aback, um, you know, uh, from that scene in the movie, uh, when she confronts Okoye, when, when, uh, her daughter was kidnapped after, of course, her son had died tragically uh, to some unknown illness, which they never uh, disclosed in the movie. But I mean, it was just it was just hard hitting. And her performance was just punch you in the face every time she was on the screen. And it was just fantastic. I mean, the, the performance she gave, unfortunately, I don't think she's going to win it, which is very sad. Um, but but I mean that's my pick. That's my personal pick. I think that the performance she gave, uh, it, she didn't ham it up. It, it just all came from this very visceral, very sad place, and it was very powerful because she was the queen, and she let everybody know she was still a queen. Uh, and what I mean, just what a perform, uh, powerful performance. Uh, that Angela Bassett gave in Black Panda Wakanda Forever. And everyone knows, if you listen to my review, I was not a huge fan of the movie um, for the direction that it went. And of course, it was all strategically, it was the, it was the end scene that really did it for me. Um, but but just every scene she was in, every scene that Namor was in just was just fantastic. Uh, and head, above, head, of, head and shoulders above the rest. Um, but I digress. And we'll move over to an animated feature film. You know, you got Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell with shoes on, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. And sadly, I've not watched any of these. I've, I did watch Turning Turn Red. It was a really, really good movie. Um, but I think that Gil, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which has been, you know, everyone has raved over this movie. I think that one will win it. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. Animated movies uh, next year, Spider-Man will come out this year, so hopefully that'll win another Oscar. Um, uh, but for directing, you know, we got Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Insurance, uh, the, the Daniels for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, which is about his life story, Todd Field for Tar, and uh, Ruben Ostlund, for the triangle of sadness 
Um, and of course, Steven Spielberg will win this win this award. I've heard nothing but great things about about the Fablemans. I haven't seen it. Really, not interested in watching. You know, a Steven Spielberg movie about Steven Spielberg's life. Um, even though he's lived a, a, a fantastic life and he is the greatest director of of this generation uh, or any generation, in my opinion. Um, but I I think he will win it for this, and I think the Daniels deserve it for anything everywhere, everything everywhere, all at once. But uh, I think the Oscars will um, give it to Steven and. The next uh, original song, We Got Applause, uh, from Tell It Like a Woman, uh, performed by, or well, music and lyrics by Diane Warren. You got Hold My Hand, which is my daughter's favorite song. <laughs> she wants to, she wanted to watch Top Gun only for this song. Um, that's performed by Lady Gaga. You got Lift Me Up by Riri, uh, Rihanna, uh, from Back Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. You got Natu Natu from RRR. Um, and then you got This Is A Life uh, from Everything, Everywhere, All At Once. I don't really remember that song. Of course, you know me. Got to go with Riri. Got to go with the queen, uh, Rihanna. Uh, but I think Lady Gaga will pull out this award because it's the Oscars. Um, and Rihanna's going to perform Lift Me Up at the Oscars. I think everyone will perform their songs at the Oscars. And I think it's really cool uh, that a Bollywood song was uh, was uh, nominated for an Oscar uh, I can't say that I've seen RRR, but I've heard this is one of the best movies of last year. Um, so uh, it, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to be excited to see them perform on Sunday uh, that song because I will actually watch this year's Oscars and I might uh, do a post show, um, you know, wrap up after the Oscars. But let's move on to best picture and this year other than last year i think i might have saw like two pitches uh two movies from the the best picture um actually i don't think i saw any movies from last year's best picture nominations uh but this year uh for best picture we got all quiet on the western front uh, we got avatar a way of water which is surprising uh the banshees of insuring uh elvis everything all everything everywhere all at once the fablemans Tar, Top Gun Maverick, which is a huge surprise there, uh, Triangle of Sadness, and Woman Talking, right? So for Best Picture, I've seen four out of these, what, nine movies, uh, ten movies, um, and let's just, uh, if, you've, if you've listened to me, if you've watched a podcast, if, I mean, if you've watched any of my videos, if you've listened to any of the podcasts, anytime I talk about any movie in 2022 my favorite movie of 2022 was everything everywhere all at once it was the most complete movie i think i've seen probably in the last decade when it came to action when it came to heart when it came to family when it came to love romance um and just a very endearing story which is completely out of left field and that's another thing that i loved about it because it was a completely unique ip right they took an idea that's so outlandish, and of course, this is coming off, you know, the Marvel. This is coming off No Way Home, right? And, and the Marvel was just dipping into the multiverse, and the month after that, you know, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was supposed to come out, and then you have this multiversal movie that upstaged that movie in every single way possible, you know, other than 
the big budget, right? It had Doctor Strange had a way bigger budget, but everything about everything everywhere all at once was just a, a better movie. Period. It was funnier. It was more action packed. Uh, it had some of the greatest characters you're ever gonna see in a movie, and some of uh, just one of the best stories told on film in a very long time. Um, and if this movie doesn't win, I'm going to be very disappointed. But then again, I'm not going to be shocked because once again, it's the Oscars. Um, the fact that Top Gun Maverick is nominated for an Oscar is mind-blowing to me because we've had better movies. There have been better movies than Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick was a good, feel-good American movie. I call it. That's one of those movies I call an American movie. Because it's just, it just screams America, right? It's, you have this pilot who goes in, on this top secret mission and they get shot down. And somehow these two, <laughs> these two heroes, as we like to call them, they ran to a, I don't even remember what country they were in, but they ran to an airfield, managed to take off in, in an enemy airfield and fly back home in like some old rusty it's one of those good feel good movies i'm not even mad at them i'm not mad at like it was it was 20 years after the original top gun and they did a fantastic job with that movie i've never seen a movie like that nominated for an oscar i can't like i've never seen a mindless action movie nominated for an oscar um but here we are and you know, Elvis, for what it was, was a good movie. I did. The only other movie I saw was Avatar Way of Water. Once again, I mean, is it being nominated because it was a beautifully shot movie? It, is it being nominated because it made a lot of money? Because it was not, you know, the greatest movie that I've seen this year or last year. Um, not even close. Um, but... I've heard nothing but great things about All, All's Quiet on the Western Front. I've heard that this is one of the best movies. Same thing with Ban Banshees of Insurance. Um, but those are two totally different stylistic movies. And, and I think all of these movies on this list are just completely different. It's almost like they took the best of each genre and then a few in-betweens and, you know, and made that the list for Oscar nominations, which is cool in all honesty. You know, I would love to see a horror movie up there. Um, that would that would be cool. I think you know uh, there are a few horror movies that could have you know that are Oscar worthy to me. Um, but who am I? I'm just a measly, lowly film critic who just loves to watch movies, and I'm not even a critic. I'm just a person who likes to talk about movies. Um, but they, those are you know your Oscar list. Um, some notables for me. Some people who I wish were nominated for Oscars um, for Best Actress. I really wish that Regina Hall, you know, honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. I think her performance in that movie is one of the best performances I've seen. One, her have, and two of all of the actresses uh, of all of the performance that I saw. I just thought hers would just her performance in that movie was so impactful subdued until the very end when she gave one of the best perform like the end of that movie her what she did at the end of that movie you know when she got into a mime suit uh, or when she put on you know white face because she was uh, pantomiming uh, you know her husband's sermon that sounds so outlandish and so buffoonish but if you saw her portrayal at the end of the movie 
Um, if you saw that that closing scenes of that movie with Gina Hall, I mean, it's just tour de force. I mean, I give her nothing. Gina Hall does not get the level of respect that she deserves for what she's done in the business. Um, you know, she played a lot of whimsical roles early in her career, but she is just she's a, she's a powerhouse. She is a powerhouse. Um, another actor that I thought, um, you know, let's talk about it. Last year, I'm pretty sure Jimmy Kimmel's going to do some stupid jokes on Sunday about the slap. But let's talk about emancipation. Honestly, I think Will Smith more deserved an Oscar nomination for this role than he did for King Richard. Um, I also think that Ben Foster deserved the best supporting role. you know, for his portrayal in this movie, I thought Ben Foster was amazing in Emancipation, and I do not like slavery movies. Um, but he was just—he was so um, visceral, so tense, and so conflicted at the same time. You know, uh, just—I uh, thought his performance was amazing. I thought he deserved something. Of a nomination from any any body of uh, you know organization uh, for his portrayal in that movie, um, I do think um, that you know uh, that movie deserved to be nominated for the best picture. I think that uh, uh, Anton Fuqua deserved to be nominated as best director. Um, we all know why. I think that we all know why uh, this movie kind of got scoffed at. Uh, at the end of the day, because of the slap last year, it's kind of like the the Academy slapping Will Smith in the face by not nominating this vastly superior movie to a lot of movies on that best picture list. Um, a vastly waste, far superior movie uh, than Top Gun, than Way of Water, you know, Avatar, Way of Water. Uh, no matter how you feel about movies, I think that that movie was a better movie than Elvis. Um, and those are the movies I saw. You know, I can't speak on any of the other movies that I didn't see. Um, but there you have it. Those are my. Those were you know some of my snubs that I thought should have been nominated. And of course, we know why. Uh, you know, the Academy might not even have seen Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. You know, I know they saw uh, Emancipation, uh, but we know why those guys weren't nominated for that role. Um, but. You know that's the Oscars. I don't really put too much stock into it, but it is, it is culturally the biggest award show, uh, movie-wise, of the year. So it'll be, you know, uh, it would not be right of me to not at least cover it, not at least talk about those movies. Um, and next year I'll try to watch more, but it's just it's really hard, especially when those movies just hold no interest to me, um, like at all. Uh, but but everything everywhere all at once every movie that is uh, every award that is nominated uh, for I hope it wins. Uh, other than best supporting actress, I, I I mean I won't be mad if if Jamie Lee Curtis or, or Stephanie Sue wins. Um, but but um I definitely want Angela Bassett to win. Uh, definitely want I think she deserves it. Uh, Michelle Yeoh uh, if she wins that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, but I think Anna Darmus, just her performance as Marilyn Monroe, uh, will will just stand the test of time. You know, uh, even though that movie is very hard to watch. So that really wraps up my my Oscar nomination list. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about Scream Six, right? I, I went and saw Scream Six yesterday, and I was so impressed with with a 
how this series, this franchise rebounded after Scream three and four. You know, Scream three. I thought that was the death of the of the series. It was just, it was so. I don't want to say poorly made, uh, but it was so Hollywood what they did with Scream three. You know, to end the trilogy, and we all know trilogies. It's really hard to wrap up a trilogy properly. Um, and Scream three did that unspectacularly. Not like Creed three. Creed three. You know, if 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 uh, if Michael B. Jordan only wanted to do three Creed movies, uh, what he did with Creed three was was I mean that's one of the best trilogies that I've ever seen um, because each chapter was just great. You know, each chapter, even though you know Creed two wasn't better than Creed one, Creed three was better than Creed two, uh, which is kind of on par with Creed one, uh, but with, with the Scream franchise. Scream three just really underwhelmed in every you know in every aspect of it, and then you know they took a few years off. They did the Scream series, and then they came back with Scream four, um, and that movie was was solid. I think the the killers at the end of Scream four uh, kind of ruined it. You know they they weren't. Uh, it was a surprise, but it kind of. What the killers in the Scream in the Scream franchise really signified, or what they were trying to do, they were trying to just like with the Saw series. You know, after the first one, that first Saw had such a great ending. The first Scream uh, had two of the most iconic killers in cinema history. You know, Billy Loomis um, and Stu uh, Stu whatever Stu Mocker. Um, uh, those two guys was such goofballs like and they was you know they they, i mean they're just iconic for the surprise of it all right the first time you had two killers in the movie right and then every single movie after that was chasing that high they were chasing the high of finding that perfect villain i think that i've gotten past that now i think that i've got gotten way past the fact of of hoping that we have these iconic killers because you're never going to get that again. You're never going to get Billy Loomis again. You're never going to get Stu Mocker again. You're never going to get those two people you care enough about because in every screen movie, you just figure, all right, they're gonna be, there's going to be a killer or killers and everybody else is going to be cannon fodder. Everybody else is just going to die in these spectacular ways. So you don't really come to care about any of the characters other than the main characters. And this movie was absolutely no different, right? So they laid out these franchise rules again. The Meek slash Martin twins, uh, the, the, you know, Mindy and Chad, those two guys, those two characters are awesome, right? They were in the movie, and of course, Mindy lays out the franchise rules, right? And how they there are no rules when it's a franchise. Anybody can die. And that kind of sets us up for thinking that one of the main characters is going to die. And of course, the two main characters of this, you know, new installment and moving forward are Tara and Sam Carpenter. Of course, a nod to John Carpenter, one of the greatest horror, horror legends of all times. Um, but, uh, you know, you got Sam and Tara and they've gone to New York 
Tara is in college now and Sam follows her to New York to try to protect her sister after the latest Woodsboro massacre, um, you know, that occurred in Screen 5, which was a revelation to me. I think that really reinvigorated the franchise by giving us two new stars um, and giving us, you know, stars that we can believe in uh, that who are not named Sidney Prescott. Um, you know, we had Gail Weathers in this movie as well. Um, she came back for for a role, and then we had Hayden Panettiere who played um, I cannot remember her character's name, but she was in the screen for. She came back playing the FBI agent who's been searching, you know, tracking down the Ghostface killers. Um, and what they did with this movie, I'm not going to spoil anything, but what they did, uh, how they started the movie off with the cold scream kill, um, was such. I mean, definitely hands down the best co-open of a scream film of all times like this one definitely just rank it is definitely the best one you know of course uh drew barrymore's first uh first scream kill i won't tell you who the actress is who star you know who uh who got killed at the beginning of this movie but it was a big one to me like if you're a horror fan uh you know who she is and and it was awesome to see her be the first scream kill uh, but what they did with this was so inventive, was so left field, was so out of the box that I loved it. And I instantly, you know, it instantly elevated this movie for me. Um, and then what they did going from there, it just got better um, until the very end when we found out who the killers were. And of course, there were killers. It wasn't a single killer. Um, and I forgot that Scream 3 is the only movie that had a single killer in it. Um, which I guess was supposed to be inventive or supposed to be a, a you know a, a, a breath of fresh air you know with the screen franchise, uh, but this one there were killers, and uh, when I when we got to the end, um, it ramped up and these kills felt so personal. Like this killer, um, you know they they went for the jugular as they say. Like they went. These were some of the most brutal knife killings. And then, of course, if you've seen the preview, you saw the shotgun kill of the bodega owner. Um, I mean, the ghost face killer in this movie um, did not stop. Like, it wasn't like an 80s movie where they, they just stabbed you once and watched you bleed out and just kind of, uh, you know, left it to be. No, they stabbed you about 50 times to make sure you weren't getting up which was another gripe that I had with this movie because some people got up, bro. And these aren't little knobs. They're not cutting you with little, you know, three-inch pocket knobs. They were cutting you with these huge Sylvester Stallone from Cobra knobs, like the knobs that you see that they sell on, on infomercials at night that's supposed to cut through, you know, metal. That's the, these are the knobs that they were cutting people with. And some of these characters somehow still lived you know, uh, uh, at the end of this movie. And I thought that that was a little weird. And I'm not going to tell you who lived and who died. Uh, but characters uh, didn't just get stabbed once. They got stabbed multiple times. And somehow they made it out, right? Uh, after 30 minutes of bleeding, after getting stabbed a few times, um, generally you bleed out, right? Like that's the way biology works. But Hey, some of these characters made it, and I'm not even mad at them for it. They'll be in Scream 7. Um, but here we are, Scream 6. It was fantastic. I, I really enjoyed this movie. I loved uh, the two new characters, Jenny Ortega. She is always wonderful. 
Um, and the character, the actress who plays Sam, uh, she's great. She's quickly becoming one of the best final girls uh, that we've had because she's a little unhinged, right? If you've seen Scream 5, you know her dad is Billy Loomis. Spoiler alert, guys. Um, but uh, if you've seen Scream 5, you've had a whole year to watch Scream 5. Um, but her dad is Billy Loomis, right? And she finds that out in the movie. Uh, and she sees Billy. She saw Billy all throughout C- Scream 5. And in Scream 6, she sees him again. Um, and so she's a little unhinged. So part of that, you know, going into it, I always think, you know what? Is she the one? Could she be the killer? Uh, no spoilers there. She's not. Um, just in case you thought that she might be. I'm sorry if I did spoil that part for you. Uh, but part of me, um, suspicious by her absence, I thought that Nev Campbell, Sidney Prescott, was going to just pop up at the very end and turn out to be the Ghostface killer. Um, once again, spoiler alert, she's not. She's not in the movie at all. Um, there was a contract dispute. I thought that was a work. I thought I thought she was just going to pop in there, uh, kind of like Henry Cavill did at the end of uh, Black Adam. I thought she was going to pop in there after lying and says she wasn't going to be in a movie, um, but she didn't. And... There you have it, right? Uh, it was not, Sidney Prescott was not Ghostface in Scream 6, um, just in case uh, you thought she might be kind of like I did. Um, but uh, Scream 6 was just, I mean, the series, um, you know, where it goes from here, uh, maybe they'll go to Mexico in the next one. I don't know. I mean, we've, we've gone everywhere. We've gone to Woodsboro. We've gone to uh, college. We've gone to L.A. Now we've gone to New York. Uh, which didn't play a, as big of a role. And I thought it was funny one scene there on the train and one person gets stabbed and there's a person just kind of like laying there and they're just like oblivious to the fact that this person is bleeding out. And that's so New York, right? New Yorkers will literally watch you get stabbed and they'll walk past you because they mind their business because it ain't their business, right? They, you don't have too many heroes uh, in New York City who's going to jump because they're like, this person's crazy. If I jump in there, I'm probably going to get stabbed too. But I thought that was just a very New York scene in the movie and how like people are yelling, hey, help me, help me. And nobody helps them. I thought that was hilarious. Like there's a scene, the bodega scene, when they're running into bodega, they're screaming, help, help, help. Until they're enclosed in this enclosed area where people have no no choice but to listen to them. And then Ghostface pops in there. Nobody helps them. People are just kind of like walking about their business, right? People get killed in New York and like people just walk around them as if they didn't just see them get stabbed or something like that, which is so very New York, which (laughs) makes complete sense if you're from New York because people literally won't help you. They will literally watch you bleed out. You know, you might have that one person who comes up like 30 minutes too late, uh, but it ain't never when you need them to help you. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really uh, excited for the scream for the scream franchise where it goes after six um it's really hard to top this how you know uh, if you saw the commercials if you saw the previews you saw that shrine for Ghostface. um you know uh, it could be more there could be more worship Ghostface worshipers out there which i think this movie did touch a lot on the internet and how social media um, you know, shaped a lot of these stories, uh, which is very, very accurate for how we how we live, the society we live in, uh, how social media can really shape a narrative, even if it's not true, which 95 percent of the time, like people just go with the more glamorous story. They go with the funnier story or they go with the more sensationalized story. 
um, to, uh, you know, kind of beef up their views and beef up their likes. Um, but this movie really played into that. Um, I did guess, I'm not going to lie. Um, I, as I watch screen movies, I'm always like deducing, all right, what are they going to do to come out of left field with, you know, who the killers are, why they're killing? And it was almost prevalent from the very beginning who the killers were, uh, at least to me. Uh, so definitely, uh, definitely go check out Scream 6. You're going to love it. It's not going to be nominated for next year's Oscars, um, but it's definitely a good movie. It's a good horror movie to go check out. Um, the franchise is in good hands. Um, and I think moving forward, there's a lot that they can do with it. Um, you know, you could always bring Sydney back. Hopefully they bring Sydney back uh, and the rest of the gang. I miss Dewey. I can't lie that I do. I do miss Dewey. Uh, but the twins, uh, Chad and Mindy, uh, if they survive this one, once again, no spoilers. If they survive this one, I think they're a good addition to the to the series. And, you know, whoever survives going into the next one, I think we're going to have uh, a good Scream 7. Uh, hopefully they take a few years off. Don't just try to churn these out every year because then they get watered down again. Then we get another Scream 3 and we just don't care again. Um, but keep up the brutal kills. Uh, Ghostface, I mean, there's always somebody trying to get internet famous. There's always somebody trying to become infamous uh, by being a serial killer. So we can, there's always room to grow, as they say. Uh, but that's going to wrap up this episode of Have You Seen That with T. Um, next week, we got Shazam Fury of the Gods. I'm excited to go check that out. And then the week after that, we got the big one. We got John Wick 4, uh, which is, is, is definitely... One of my most anticipated movies coming in 2023. Uh, John Wick 4 is coming up in two weeks. Uh, so we're definitely going to uh, continue with the pod. Next week, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I'm really concerned with the DCEU right now. I'm really concerned with everything that DC is doing right now. James Gunn seems unhinged. Um, so I don't know uh, where... I know what he said the franchise. I know where he said the franchise was going moving forward. But at this point, I don't know. Maybe he's bit off you know, more than he can chew. Uh, we're going to see a lot of what to expect moving forward when we get Guardians of the Galaxy 3. But next week, we got Shazam! Fury of the Gods. And I'm excited for that. I think that was one of the best DC movies uh, that was made, period. You know, out of all of the DC movies, uh, Shazam was one of the best ones. And I think Fury of the Gods is going to be pretty good. Um, but, you know, uh, a lot of people are already down on it. I've heard a lot of negative things about the movie already. Um, but I can't wait to go see it for myself and, and you know, just uh, check it out and give you guys a good quality movie review. But until next week, I will catch you later. And I do thank you. Please like and subscribe the video. Once again, uh, go subscribe to the Have You Seen That With T YouTube page. Go subscribe to the Have You Seen That With T Facebook page. And definitely check us out on Spotify and Apple Music. And I will catch you guys next week.